Ciao ma people, sono il vostro DJ Nick. Quando non sto parlando di musica country, sto ascoltando Set Lusting Bruce con Jesse Jackson. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me tonight is um, a, a pretty cool guest. Um, Ed reached out to me, said, I've got a few stories to share, and I said, well, hey, let's talk. So, Ed, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jesse. So nice to uh, meet you and have this opportunity. Yeah, tell us a little about yourself. Well, I'm um, I'm a retired uh, compliance officer and lawyer. I used to work for a big life insurance company. Uh, been worked for it for like 30, 37 years actually. Long time. Very few people I think are going to do that, uh, you know, going forward. Um, but I've been a lifelong. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> as long as you can be with Springsteen. I, I joined up with uh, with that crew pretty early on. Um, and I can talk a little bit about that. But uh, I live on Long Island, but I also have a house on the Jersey Shore. So nice. I have a lot of stories to share, hopefully, about uh, you know acts and concerts and things that are going on, Bruce, Bruce related and otherwise. And, and uh, you know the, this, the music scene uh, on the Jersey Shore, Asbury Park, uh, in particular, but some are, some other locations nearby are, is very hot and very uh, very interesting. So. Oh. Uh, well, very cool. Some of, those, some of those things. Good. Well, um, we are so glad you're here. Uh, we usually like to start at the beginning. So go back to your childhood. Uh, growing up, what kind of music did your family listen to? <laughs> my family. Okay. Well, I come from a Polish uh, family. Uh, my grandparents emigrated from Poland, both both sides. And my parents were born and grew up in, um, in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. in New York. East New York, Greenpoint, real big Polish communities. So the kind of music that we had, you know, a lot of it mainly was like polka music. Sure. Uh, in fact, one of my uncles was a uh, clarinetist and uh, songwriter, actually, for a very popular uh, polka band uh, that uh, hailed from uh, from Brooklyn at the time. It was called the Mike Miksevich Orchestra. Don't ask me to spell that. Uh, <laughs> I bet. But uh, he wrote a song called "My Dear Old Daddy's Whiskers," which was a you know from a polka standpoint is I think still up a pretty popular uh, hit number. Um, so we we had that. Uh, it was my uncle Stash, you know. Um, I think every Polish family has an uncle Stash. Uh, but we had other music around the house too. My my parents, you know, we, we they watched uh, you know all the TV that was on at the time. You know, they had Sullivan Show and all that stuff, and we had um, you know uh, you know I think we had. Um, uh, Jackie Gleason I used to have like these uh, sort of like light jazz albums that he put out. We had a couple of those around. My sisters were older than me. They were uh, they're like ten and fourteen years older than me. So you know, unfortunately, they they, they didn't they weren't into even Elvis. But we had like Ricky Nelson and uh, Pat Boone, I think, uh, around. And I think there may have been a Chubby Checker record uh, in that uh, rack somewhere. But uh, I didn't get a lot of uh, encouragement or uh, help from my older siblings like a lot of folks did from that era in the 60s, I guess I'm talking about the early, 
the early 60s. But, um, yeah, that was Beatlemania era, of course, right? And um, I was, uh, you know, whatever I was, uh, six, seven, or eight years old around the time the Beatles hit the, uh, hit the uh, United States shores. And, and did, the first record I bought was a 45, was Kristen Shout. Did you, and you got caught up into that? Well, and I was, everybody was caught up in, in Beatlemania at the time, you know, and uh, all the kids on the block were, you know, you know getting Beatle lunchboxes. And, and, sure. And, Beatle memorabilia and stuff like that. But to be honest, it, it didn't really catch with me that early. I mean, I certainly was aware of it. You couldn't ignore it. It was all around. But I, I can't say that I really became um, deeply involved in rock and roll, especially, and the Beatles, until I got into high school. And it sounds yeah. like your your sisters were not big rock and roll fans either, right? Not really, no. Okay. No. Two older sisters, and uh, yeah, you know, they, they influenced me. I was listening to their music, but uh, you know, that's that's not how I got uh, got to where I am today. It came, I, I sort of found that on my own along the way. You know, I this is interesting, Ed. Uh, first off, um, there is a local uh, Dallas band called Brave Combo. Um, mm-hmm. They do rock and roll polka. Uh, they've Rock actually, yeah, they've they've actually uh, won a couple of Grammys for best polka album. Um, they um, very respectful of the art form, but kind of do it at their own twist. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so they were a band that would play and um, a lot of dancing. So my son, if he was on this podcast. When he talked about growing up, he would say that uh, we listened, we went and saw Brave Combo live at least a couple times a year. And, you know, he would, at eight or nine, Dad, it's always a good time to polka. It is fun. There are similarities. It's fast, it's furious. Yes. It's it's a lot of of dancing. I mean, you don't stand still. Yeah. uh, It gets gets in your legs and your feet, you know. Yeah. Uh, The other thing I have to mention, Ed, is that. siblings is something that we talk about a lot on this podcast. Um, most people either are influenced by, if they're a younger sibling, they're either influenced to the plus or the negative um, by their older siblings. Either they they embrace what their older siblings shared with them or they kind of went their own way. Um, so, once again, that theme continues. Um, yeah. That that's interesting. I um, did what? And and by the way, I did want to share that um, I grew up in a country and western household. Um, so I had a cousin. My cousins who lived in Ohio could not believe that I, at nine or ten. Um, I was born in 59, so this is like 68, 69, maybe. Um, you know, I could not name all four Beatles. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, uh, the Beatles were not being played at our house a lot. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. we were Merle Haggard, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, well, sure That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you mentioned you kind of found your own way to rock. Talk about that. Well, again, you know, I, I live and grew up on Long Island, very close to New York City. We had, well, we had, we had great stuff on the radio. We had great AM radio. 
we had you know some of the most famous broadcasters you know guy cousin Brucey Bruce Morrow uh, Harry Harrison Dan Ingram they were on AM radio and uh, you know I started li- li- was listening to that you know mm-hmm. and at night we had terrific FM radio you had WNEW WLAR um, great FM stations and they would play album rock um, Scott Muni uh, Allison Steele were sort of the names of people I remember hosting shows uh, uh, on radio. And, you know, that's when you started to get it. On You know, on the AM channels, you'd get all the top 40 hits. So you'd, you'd get all the, you know, the Beatles stuff eventually. And on the FM channel, when you started listening to that stuff, uh, you'd hear, you know, you'd hear the, the Stones, you'd hear the Who, you'd hear the Doors, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you'd start, I'd, start, I'd, start to, I'd start to explore that, you know. And it didn't cost me anything because we were all out there on the radio. And especially on the FM channels, you know, that's where you heard, you know, not just the the uh, the main hits, but you heard all sorts of stuff. And you heard a variety a variety of different sounds and styles. And you sort of were able to expand your, your interest very, very quickly. So that's where I started to pick up on it. Um, and then, you know, uh, you know, I started buying some records, and I think the first album that I bought was a Beatle album, um, which was, I really liked the song Hey Jude, so I bought that, and I, I liked all the other songs that were on the Hey Jude album, you know, it, was a, it, it happened to, like, span their whole career. And then I think the next album, I said, well, let me try this Sgt. Pepper thing, because I've heard, I've heard about that, and that totally, like, blew me away, and then, you know, then it was off to the races at that point. Um, but that, and between listening to what was available on, on radio in New York, I mean, and and what, you know, then, then exposing myself further to uh, records that I started to buy, uh, and then you know after the you know, I tried I, I started buying all, all the Beatle albums and the other other artists Stones of course and you know who and you know it 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 and it just sort of grows at that point you know yeah absolutely uh, yeah you're like okay I want to get the next one I want to find the next one yeah but the thing about me is because I got I got to the Beatles when I was it was about 1969 this is what I'm talking about when I really sure. started buying their records. And unfortunately, that was when they're, they were breaking up. So I was backtracking and collecting all of their stuff, but it had already been recorded, and almost their entire catalog was already available by the time I became really, what I would, by the time I became a Beatle fan. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I, f- I started following their solo careers, but, uh, um, you know, unfortunately, I didn't, I, didn't, uh, I didn't follow the Beatles with the intensity that I, I would have liked uh, until uh, a little bit, a little bit late. But of course, that that's true of many people and uh, so many people that uh, you know, and and so many people discover their amazing uh, catalog of music. Uh, you know, younger people and you know, even yeah. to this day, my well, my kids were basically raised on on Beatle music. I used to you know uh, rock my daughter to sleep uh, listening to uh, you know. Beatles tunes, and she's she's and she is you know just as big a Beatles fan as I am. And yeah, I'm just a big Springsteen fan too. Yeah, um, I just I just finished reading a um a, a novel. Um, a guy named Br- uh, Bryce Zabel had written mm-hmm. a book about what if um what if John F. Kennedy wasn't shot in Dallas. And uh, an alternate history book. And then he did, once there was a way, what if the Beatles stayed together? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very interesting book um, that he talks about that um, he makes a couple of logic 
well, if this had happened instead of that, they may have, um, you know, stuck together. And so it was really interesting. Um, you know, I think what's really interesting is little Stephen talking about um, he now is kind of the prophet for bands should never break up. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, um, he, you know, and he said, you know, go do your solo stuff and then um, come back and do. And, and yeah. I think that's, I think that's pretty slick. Um, him pushing that kind of, not just honesty, but that kind of creative freedom is pretty cool. Yeah, I think I saw some some emails or tweets from him recently on, on that very point. That, yeah, uh, the Beatles sort of like were the example to everybody else of why you shouldn't break up. You know why it's yeah. so important, and I'll stay together. You know, and certainly. Yeah. You know, well, the Stones are about to tour again. <laughs> yeah, and you know <laughs> he they, he they talks about way. you know that if if he would do it over again, he wouldn't have left the East Street Band. He would, you know, he and he doesn't know if Bruce would have broke them up. They just would have taken a kind of, okay, we're going to take a sabbatical, go have fun. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But he uh, did so many good things when he left for that, at that hiatus. He, he had, you know, he established himself on mm-hmm. his own path, I think, too. Absolutely. So, um, glad they got back together. Yeah, me too. Um, how did you find Bruce? Well, again, I'm so I'm, I'm now uh, you know going into college. So that's just in my in my uh, life cycle. That's 1973. Okay. Okay. And I'm listening to FM radio, and you know I'm starting to hear tracks from Bruce on you know on FM radio at night. They play everything, so mm-hmm. I'm hearing you know the, some of the tracks from Greetings from Asbury Park. Um, and I remember my my first year in in, in college, I went I went to Georgetown. And right. he, you know, at this point in his career, he was doing the college campus tours, and I, he was appearing, literally, like right down the hall in my dorm. There was a there was a dorm uh, called uh, the hall was called Gaston Hall. It's a beautiful room, and he was appearing there. And one of my big regrets is I didn't go. <laughs> I remember seeing the poster on the wall. Oh, I met that guy, Bruce Springsteen. I, I know his stuff, but I didn't go for whatever reason. I don't know why, but. Um, I, I became, uh, you know, interested in his music. Uh, I, you know, I remember when the Wild East and East Street Shuffle came out on the radio. I thought, boy, this is really fresh. This is, this is really different. And then, you know, when when Born and uh, Born to Run came out, that that really just blew me and, and so many other people in my age in college away. Uh, and it was the sound. It was, you know, his voice. It was that guitar music. It was that hard, you know loud guitar band uh, uh, sound, the saxophone. You know, I'm a sucker for, for a saxophone solo. And the Clarence, I think, in that, in that band added uh, so much to the uh, attraction, I think. Uh, and then the lyrics, you know, the music was beautiful. The, uh, it, was, it was operatic, you know, uh, and uh, the lyrics were so meaningful and uh, you know, expressive. And uh, it just, I said, wow, this guy is, is amazing. And then he did come back to Georgetown for my last uh, year there. It was, this is like 75 or 76. I did see him on the Born to Run tour uh, at, on campus. And, uh, you know, that, that, that sealed the deal. You know, I saw him live. We were, it was a college room, a gymnasium, so we were seated pretty close to him. And uh, I still have like a mental image of, of what the band looked like that day, uh, the first time I saw them. That's, so we were, uh, yeah, that was it. Now we were hooked. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, that's um, – I kind of I, – I, I, because of circumstances, living in Louisiana, then moving to Texas in 86, um, I – the first time I had a chance to see him perform was during the rising tour, 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, to use the sports analogy, I feel like, um, since then I've been, when you miss the extra point early in the yeah. game and you chase it the rest of the game, you feel yeah. like it, I, you know, that's what I feel like, you know, I, because there were so many chances that I could have seen him if I had known but now then, I you know, I, I'm just wanting to see everyone I can. So yeah, I, I yeah, can yeah. imagine you're going, wow, he was right there in college. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, the other thing is that then I didn't see him for like a long, long time after that. Yeah. Um, because I, and I got into, I went to law school, I got, uh, got, uh, got married, kids. And the next time I saw him actually was 1999. Mm-hmm. So although I kept in touch with uh, the records, the releases, I followed his career closely. The second concert, the second time I saw him was was not not that long before you saw him for the first time. Mm-hmm. So and I feel like, but I have a similar feeling to you. I feel, I feel I'm in like catch up mode now. <laughs> I yeah. missed some of those great tours, you know, those, the, the 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 river tour, you know, the original river tour, mm-hmm. uh, the the, the, the uh, darkness tour, you know, I, I, the tunnel tunnel of love uh, uh, tour. You know, I, I missed those. Did, yeah, did, um, I always like to stress that, um, the amount of times you've seen him is not a fair, um, barometer of, you know, how big of a fan you are, but just for the record, how many times have you seen him perform? Well, and you're right. I mean, I live on, you know, in the New York, New Jersey area, so I have an unfair advantage in that regard. Yeah, I lost count when we went north of forty. Which okay, I guess for many springs that's not a lot for for some people. I'm sure that you you have on these podcasts, but uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen some amazing amazing shows. Some of the big, uh, more famous shows that have happened since since then. Mm-hmm. Um, some really good ones. I've, I've, I was at the um, the the famous birthday show the uh, when he was 65 at MetLife Stadium. Sure, it was delayed for like three or four hours by. By thunderstorms, and I think we we ended at like two or three in the morning. If I I mean that may be a little bit of an exaggeration, but uh, I think that I think the concert started with uh, I'm going to wait till the midnight hour. You know the Wilson Pickett. Uh, yes, you know. I, I remember that right. Um, I you know of course I wasn't there, but I know the story, right? Yeah. That it's been open, uh, kind of like a, you know, it truly was a rain delay. Oh yeah. Like you would be a baseball game, and you know, and so um, just people aren't going to, you know, want to let it go. Yeah. Um, that's 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 pretty cool. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I know. I was going to say, um, in what other shows did you you were thinking about that, you know, are pretty memorable. Well, yeah, just a couple. I mean, more than a couple, actually. They were all memorable, of course, but some yeah. some of them stand out. I think one of the ones we, my daughter and I, went to see him uh, and the the band. Uh, the, this is, I think, the last time we saw Clarence Clemens play with 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 the E Street Band was a concert at Madison Square Garden. And this is when they were doing the albums. You know, they were doing entire sure. albums. 
and they did uh, the Wild, uh, the Innocent in the East Reshuffle. And I think that's the only time they've done that. I mean, they did a couple of the others more than once. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was kind of special, because they had like a small uh, string section uh, for that for that show. Uh, they opened up with uh, Thundercrack, which is a rarity. Um, and that was that was really special. I think Elvis Costello came, came out toward the end, actually. Uh, for one of the uh, for a cover to close the uh, to close the concert, that that was kind of special. Um, I also attended his induction into the New Jersey Hall of Fame, which was kind of cool. Oh, how did you work that out? It was well. This is the, obviously he was the uh, the the, uh, the original class, right? Right. Uh, New Jersey Hall of Fame. So I, I don't I forget how we got we got a uh, a survey like a, a vote. You know, would you want please vote for the uh, nominees for? You know, and, and the rest of the class was, uh, you know, we had Sinatra, uh, <laughs> you had Einstein, uh, you had Thomas Edison, uh, Buzz Aldrin, Yogi Berra. Uh, it was an amazing, uh, amazing group of, uh, of, of uh, incredible, uh, brilliant people. Um, and I guess since we participated in the survey, they, they invited us to attend. And th this first uh, session was, um, there was, there was no charge, it was free, anybody attended. And it wasn't even a full house. It was held at the, I think, the uh, New Jersey Performing Arts Center in, in Newark. Mm -hmm. And uh, it wasn't even a guarantee, a certainty that Springsteen was going to show. You know, we weren't sure. You know, we sort of thought he was. Uh, but, of course, uh, you know, at, when they brought out the, uh, the, uh, the folks that were being inducted, he was, of course, the, uh, the last one that they uh, threw a spotlight on. And uh, that was kind of exciting. That was kind of special. Yeah. Uh, and he performed. They did Glor uh, Glory Days, of course, uh, mm -hmm. uh, with La Bamba's band. I think was the band, the house band for that uh, for that for that night. Kind of uh, appropriate. Very appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's others. I mean, you know, I I saw these aren't necessarily concerts, but uh, there was an interview that uh, Tom Hanks did at the Tribeca Film Festival about two years ago, and this mm -hmm. was when Bruce had just come out with his uh, his uh, autobiography. His, his memoirs, mm -hmm. and Hanks did an interview with him as part of their storyteller series. I mean, you're wondering why why would he be at a film festival? Well, I think the, the connection between Tom Hanks and um, and uh, and Bruce, of course, is the movie The Streets of Philadelphia. Yeah, where Bruce wrote the song, you know, that song for the for the movie, and Hanks, of course, won his uh, his Oscar for that. And uh, they were they were talking about you know that was like an excuse more than anything for Hanks to interview Springsteen. Now that was. That was kind of interesting, too. I don't know that there's ever a recording of that whole thing, but uh, it was kind of special to be there for that. Yeah, it was. Uh, were you able to see him on Broadway? I did, yeah, and I think that uh, Hank's interview was sort of a precursor to that in some ways because Bruce was talking about portions of his life. I did I did get one ticket. My wife, Mary, was very uh, kind to be able to find a ticket for me, um, and I saw it fairly early in the run, Um and I did see a number of weight, of course. It was, you know, it was amazing. Yeah, it 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 really was. You know, for someone, I I just had a, I just interviewed a guy, um, and he was talking about that. Um, you know, he says I'd seen the Ghost of Tom Joad. I'd seen, uh, you know, Devils and Dust, and I'm thinking, oh well, you know, how much different is it going to be? And um, all of us, I think, to a certain degree, kind of had that same feeling. And then when it starts and you go, wow, this is this is truly 
um, not a sh- this is not a concert. This is a true show, which is pretty yeah. cool. It's something that he can't. It's something like its own art form in a way, or something yes. different that hasn't really been done. Even nobody else has really attempted it, and I'm sure others others will now. You know. Yeah, I um, think so too. That's a very high bar. You know. Yeah. So one of the things we wanted to talk about um, is, um, and as we hit before we hit play, um, Bruce's version of a presidential library. Uh, talk to me a little bit about um, what you know about what you've seen and and your kind of plans to go and uh, look and kind of see some things. Well, again, I, I, I do have a, uh, a home on, on, the, on the Jersey Shore, uh, and we live close to Monmouth University, which, uh, not so coincidentally, because, you know, Springsteen is not, doesn't live far from it, and, of course, grew up, you know, nearby, uh, donated, I guess, his, what's effectively his library or his, his, his archives, is what it's mm-hmm. called, the Springsteen Archives, are located on the campus of Monmouth University in New Jersey. And um, I'm friendly with the dean of the humanities department at at Monmouth. His name is Ken Womack, and he um, he runs a couple of things there. He's, I think his his department is responsible for the for this archival uh, pl- center. And uh, you know, I understand Springs. I haven't actually been there yet, but I think anybody can attend. A lot of your listeners, if they are near Monmouth University in New Jersey or want to travel. Uh, <laughs> There, you can make an appointment, and you can go in, and you can. Uh, I haven't. I don't know the details, but you can look through some of his uh, his collection of uh, letters and the things that he's, uh, he's accumulated over the years. I understand Bruce is something of a pack rat. Yeah, he saved a lot of stuff from his his life, both before he became a performing artist and a songwriter, uh, but up up until and through that that period of time. Um, it's similar to the exhibit that some people may have seen, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame exhibit that was touring. Um, I think it was called From uh, Asbury Park to the Promised Land. Mm-hmm. A lot of the artifacts from there uh, might have been shared from the, the archives. But that's like only one of the things that's available at uh, at Monmouth University. The, um, the department there hosts a number of, of things that I think would be of interest to uh, Springsteen uh, fanatics. Um, they like last year they had something called the Springsteen Symposium, and it was a four-day event where academics were invited in to basically deliver uh, scholarly papers on on Springsteen. And uh, I was able to attend that and uh, sit in on a couple of sessions. And you have yeah, you have professors from from major universities that come in and basically talk about uh, you know Springsteen as an artist, as a poet. Uh, and how he how he has influenced uh, American life, uh, how he is uh, interpreting uh, society, and uh, what he means basically uh, for us as a as a as a figure in as an important physic figure in history. Even, um, and I believe they're going to plan similar events like that. Um, there are other events like that that are that are similar. Uh, back in November, there was actually a 50th anniversary of the Beatles' White Album, another four-day symposium. That was also a fascinating event, and again, you know, you can you can come from and people came from all over the country, and you had uh, professors from universities, you had Beatle experts like uh, Mark Lewison, who's I think one of the no- most noted uh, experts on on the Fab Four uh, out there, written several books. Um, 
they're, they're, coming up actually in May, May 7th, is a um, an ongoing event that they host at Monmouth University called uh, the uh, the uh, the Record Club. Mm. And uh, at each of these events, they host a major record. So they've done uh, they've done Darkness. Uh, they've done, I believe they've done Born to Run already, but coming up on May 7th is going to be an event that is on the Tunnel of Love album. Uh, oh, very nice. Anybody can register. There's no cost. Uh, so if anybody is uh, out there hearing about this and uh, wants to go or travel, I think you can go to the Monmouth University website. Uh, basically, Google Monmouth University Record Club. And uh, you, I think, still have an opportunity to register for that event. And uh, again, it's, it's, I believe it's hosted by, uh, by uh, Ken Womack, who's the uh, dean of that department. And uh, there's basically a discussion. There'll be some expert panelists that will be invited. I don't know who will be, who'll be there. But uh, basically it will be a discussion of the album, and uh, people in the audience will have a, an opportunity to participate. So... You know, it's a lot of stuff that 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 happens at at Monmouth, and I've I've you know as I mentioned at the start, I'm sort of uh, uh, in in sort of semi-retirement now, and it's a lot of fun and very fulfilling to be able to take advantage of uh, of some of the things that are uh, that are available to folks. Yeah, I you know I I imagine it would be um, um, for the longest time. My wife and I used to um, joke about, you know, when we're in retirement, you know, go to all the baseball parks, you know, or something. Um, We we went down to, uh, well, the George Bush Presidential Library is here in Dallas. And uh, my sister came and visited uh, a couple of years ago. And... um, we were looking for things to do, and we said, well, that's something unique, and um, had a wonderful time. Forget your politics for a moment. It was just amazing to see, you know, all that happened. And then one of the things that the Bush Library has is they have an interactive section. And so you go in, and people sit down, and... Um, they have a lot of the, they have a list of crises that happened, uh, during the Bush administration. And mm-hmm. so you yeah. all select one and then majority wounds. And then like, for example, do you, um, uh, for Katrina, do you, um, put, you know, do you send the military in and, uh, put martial law to try to get things safe? And and what was fascinating is they had um, political, military, um, all these different advisors giving you the pros and cons. And and, and what's amazing, Ed, is no one sounds stupid and no one yeah. is giving you something that go, well, that's obviously not right. I mean, yeah. you would listen to this, you'd go, wow, yeah, I, I think that's what I need to do. And then you'd listen to the alternate, and you go, no, no, yeah. I think that's right to good. And um, and then people vote, and then they actually tell you what the administration did. Um, yeah. So we got the bug 
So, man, we took a weekend and went down to Austin to LBJ's presidential library. And so now they were like, okay, forget baseballs. We just want to hit every presidential library. So uh, I think we'll, you know, now that I'm, and now that I'm going to have to add, well, we're going to have to go and uh, hit the uh, Springsteen uh, exhibit. Uh, You know, we've done the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now we got to do the rest. Do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, I wish I could tell you more about it because I haven't done it yet, but it's definitely on my short list too. Well, you know what? We may have to do um, after you visit. We'll have you come back on and kind of okay. give a you know you can do a book report and <laughs> share you know a, a trip report. Happy to do it. Yeah. Um, so Ed, is there? Um, you've shared a little bit about you know stories from the road and experiences. Um, is there songs? albums that mean something to you, special to you or your family and and why do they well yes obviously you know there's there's several i'll try to hit on a couple maybe i mean in terms of songs i mean bobby jean is, is a big favorite in our house it's my wife's mary's favorite favorite song i think we play it an awful lot i mean it's such a great song about you know friendship and uh you know memory and 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 uh, you know uh, fidelity and and just you know it's just, it's it's just a moving song it's it's non-gender specific you know in the sense and i love the story that it's it's it, it was really written about little steven leaving the band um it's it's just a, a it's just a great song it's great when you hear it live it's always a special concert when you hear when you hear bobby jean um as far as albums go i i think the most most um important or affecting album for me is the rising um, you know, although I've been a long-time Springsteen fan, I don't necessarily think that's his best album, but I, it came out, of course, in response to 9-11. Yes. And I was uh, in New York City at 9-11. I know people who uh, who uh, perished in that. I, my, my son's uh, Little League coach uh, well, died in that. Uh, a woman who worked me, her brother, uh, was a Port Authority uh, security person. He, he, he also perished in that. Uh, a lot of people in our local pa- parish uh, uh, perished. And um, you know that's that that's that has a lot of meaning. I you know I worked for a, a big insurance company and we uh, we paid a lot of claims and I was actually responsible for running a desk at uh, Pier 94, which is where all the big companies uh, had family members from uh, people that uh, that died or otherwise suffered losses uh, to be basically processed. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's a, that's a very uh, one of the most uh, proudest moments of my career was that I was able to help out at that time. And that album, you know, is just, is, has such resonates with, uh, with us so much. And I, and also love that story about how Bruce was, you know, when that happened, he drove down to the shore and was, you know, at, at some beach. And, uh, as he was leaving the parking lot, somebody yelled out at him, you know, Hey, we, hey Bruce, we need you now, you know? And that was sort of the, uh, the beginnings of that, uh, that album, I guess, or at least that's how the story, uh, there he goes. So. And um, to quote um, the man who shot Liberty Valance, I do a bad quote, right? Um, you know, <laughs> print the legend. Um, I, whether it's yeah. true or not, I want it to be true. I want it to be true so badly, yeah, because yeah, it it so fits in with the uh, you know the, uh, the the long the big story, you know. Absolutely, uh, yeah. because it it is, um, you know, I. Uh, living in Texas was shook up like everyone else. Um, I did not lose anyone um, there 
either directly or indirectly. Though, a couple of side things. Um, my fa my brother-in-law is a firefighter. He's retired now. Yeah. But um, we had never thought about his job being dangerous. You know, yeah. it, it, you know, Clayton just, you know, he tells us funny stories about people calling in the middle of the night because they hear an alarm and it turns out it's the low battery alert in a, um, a, um, meat, you know, a meat thermometer, um, you know, people, uh, you know, complaining that, He's blocked off too many when there's been an accident. He blocks off too many roads and, you know, and too many lanes. And he just kind of made it really um, funny. And and then all of a sudden you hit him. You go, wow, this is, yes, there, you know, maybe the, the, the houses in a North Dallas suburb are not, as dangerous as others but it doesn't matter i mean so it, it no. that really struck us people lose their life. i mean it's, it's a lot like i i know from my 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 father and and uh, the dads from his generation were world war ii vets and those those guys really didn't talk about the war you know yeah and, uh, what they really went through so i think that i think a lot of that is true of firemen and you know police officers and people like that that protect us uh, and soldiers today, of course, returning from you know Iraq or Afghanistan. There's, yeah, there's stories that they just don't share with people that don't go through, haven't gone through that themselves. And which segue perfect. Um, my father uh, retired from the military, uh, served in Korea and Vietnam. Uh, would not talk about his Vietnam experience. Um, just didn't want to talk about it at all. Um, and um, he died on the 10-year anniversary of 9-11. Wow. And so, um, so everyone gets a little choked up during the anniversary, but it is a double thing for me and my family because not only is everyone talking about it and, you know, and we're talking about it, but it is a very real reminder about losing um, – my dad. He did lose, yeah. Yeah, and so, um, and yeah, I, I agree with you. The um, there is something really special about that rising album, and mm -hmm. some of the songs are um, really, really cool. Yeah, uh, such emotion. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, any others you want to mention? Uh. Well, I think one one I always love to hear it live is Cadillac Ranch. <laughs> yes. Whenever whenever that's performed, I mean the live version especially, and uh, it's it's just it's just a really rousing song. I think uh, I, don't, I think you know I've I've often joked that uh, I want to put it in a living will for me that uh, that if I'm ever like in in a, in a coma state, what they could do is, is slap a pair of headphones on me and put turn that song up loud, and if I don't jump out of bed like that old man in the uh, the Quiet Man movie, you know, that, mm -hmm. that scene where yeah. the old guy jumps out of bed and starts running down the, uh, the the street when he hears about the big fight. Yeah, I've already gone on to a better place. So mm -hmm. I think uh, I love that song. I mean, that's, when that's performed live. That, uh, that's yeah. just, that's yeah. just my, one of my favorite live album experiences. 
yeah, that's 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 awesome. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I just think it's a great song, um, and um, just just a lot of fun. Um, yep. How about uh, we talked a little bit about going to shows, but um, you know, one of the really cool things about this extended Springsteen family is the amount of people you meet on the road. So do you have a few Springsteen buddies? Uh, I can't say that I, I really, I mean, you, you meet people and, and then you don't, and then you don't see them. I mean, it's true of the, the Springsteen community that when you go to a concert, the people that are around you are, are you know, you're all kindred spirits and um, you, you, you know, you, you enjoy the, the, the show and, then you move on. I mean, my 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 Springsteen buddies are my family, really. My, yeah. my wife Mary and my my daughter Christina, especially my son Eddie. He, he's not as big of a, a Springsteen fan, but he comes along with us for the ride. But uh, you know, we're we're really pretty. We've we've all been to a, a lot of shows together, uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of the ones that I mentioned are shows that I've enjoyed with my family. Um, and I think that's one of the yeah, that's really a a common theme that we have in the household. You know. Yeah. Um, so you have a, um, you kind of have your, their, their fans as well. Yeah. They love the I, show. Definitely. I mean, I'm probably a little more, you know, crazy than them, but, uh, but, uh, you know, not, not, you know, not so much, you know, my, my daughter doesn't want to miss a, a show, you know, mm-hmm. if, if he's around, we're, we're going pretty much, you know. Uh, or at least trying to. Yeah, absolutely. We've been very fortunate being able, being yeah. able to get tickets and being able to be, again, being on the East Coast, I have I have an unfair advantage in terms of uh, having access to uh, Springsteen and the other members of the band that also you know tour tour around our area. Uh, what other uh, what other shows have you gone to? Who else from the band have you gone and seen? We saw a great. Uh, oh gosh. Um, well, Max Weinberg has this this. Uh, Thing he does called his jukebox tour mm-hmm. and he was at the stone pony actually this past summer and he tours with a band called the weaklings mm-hmm. uh, who are i mean when i first heard them i thought they were you know the, the best beatles cover band i'd ever seen but they are just flat out the best one of the best bands i've ever seen and they will do anything they what so what what happens is they actually have a a list of songs that runs like two or three hundred, and I'm, and I'm not even kidding. And Max comes out, and um, you know he'll he basically ask the audience to pick songs off of this long rolling list, and uh, they will play anything you ask for, pretty much. And they're a great Beatles cover band. They actually uh, have put out albums of, of Beatles songs that they've covered, but they write their own music and kind of like a Beatles Beatlesque th- uh, feel to them, you know, early Beatles. Um, and that was a fantastic show at the Stone Pony. So if, if Max Weinberg ever does that again, I'd, I'd encourage folks to uh, to catch that tour. And uh, Little Steven did a show um, with Darlene Love. He was promoting Darlene Love's uh, album. He, he, he produced it. And then he gave a performance uh, with her and like a full orchestra and band at the Paramount Theater in Asbury Park that we attended. And that was another phenomenal performance. And uh, I don't think it was ever repeated. Uh, and again, at Asbury Park, it was something that uh, that we're able to see. Yeah, so, uh, that sounds really cool. I would like to. Um, he did the Soulfire tour here in Dallas. Yeah, that 
that and, I missed. I yeah. yeah. I was able to see that. And then uh, Niels did a solo show here mm-hmm. in Dallas. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun and got to meet him afterwards. He yep. stayed and, and everyone who wanted to meet him, he talked to and, you know, took yep. pictures and signed right. CDs. Yeah, yeah, really, really good deal. Yeah, we did see Clarence Clemens just uh, that was uh, before he had his Temple of Soul tour that he did, and I saw him on Long Island in a very small venue called Westbury Theater. Uh, it's gone by different names over the years, but it's on Westbury, Long Island. And oh. it's, it's a theater in the round, actually. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. like a big turntable in the center, and the seats are arrayed around it. And uh, and Clarence was there, and uh, we got really good seats for that. And he and he put on a great show. You know? Oh, I bet he would. That that would be that'd be awesome. It was great. Yeah. Um, So if or when Bruce tours again, are there songs you're chasing that you have not heard that you hope to hear him do live? Yeah, of course. I mean, I've seen him many, like more than 40 times. I've I've caught a lot of songs that I was hoping to hear along the way, but a couple that I, I, you know, that that the the promise... uh, album, I guess, or collection that came out with the Darkness, uh, uh, you know, anniversary compendium. There's a couple mm-hmm. of songs on there that I, I haven't heard him do live. Uh, you know, Ain't Good Enough for You. Yeah, I, I love that song. I love that song. I've never heard him do it. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I've I never heard him doing it live on a tour. I did see him do it. There was this Christmas special that was recorded uh, at the Carousel in Asbury Park. Which uh, where he did that song with the band it was one of the last shows I think that Clarence uh, yes. played with the band, and that was a great version of that. I'd love to see them do that live. Uh, there's another song on it, uh, "Gotta Get That Feeling" off of that same collection. That I think I love that song too. Um, it's kind of got like a uh, a wall of sound kind of like feel to it, something like "Girls in Their Summer Clothes." It's it's that'd be a really nice song to hear uh, done live. And, and also from that collection, there's a version of Racing in the Streets that is on that collection. That's It's different from uh, the version that appeared on the original Darkness album. And I just I just love that that take on that on that song. It's much more it's much harsher. It's much more defiant. Uh, I just I just love the way that it is interpreted on that record. And although I've heard Racing several times, I'd, I'd love to hear him do that version of the song. I think that would be really really good, you know. I, I really would, would enjoy that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, great choices, great choices. Um, all right, so anything else you want to share? I just, well, I, I would encourage folks, you know, again, I, with the, 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 what's, what's available at Monmouth, I, if, if folks haven't heard about it, check out that, that, uh, that Monmouth University website. There are a number of things that are Springsteen related. Um, and that archives is I, I'm going to try to get there myself and, and see what's uh, what's uh, what's there, and uh, I'll be happy to report back. <laughs> yeah, that'd be I think that'd be a great if show. You would, if you would like me to do? Yeah, I would. I, I would love that. Um, all right. So um, as um, I, I just in case someone is listening to the show for the first time. Uh, Jay Armstrong, friend of the podcast, is an honor is an English teacher, and he uh, does a lesson every year with his seniors where they cover Thunder Road, comparing it um, as a poem, comparing it to Robert Frost, The Road Less Traveled. They discuss it. He goes through all the lines. He goes through the imagery. 
um, and talks about the message. And then at the end of the lesson, he asks his class, does Mary get in the car? So, Ed, that is your question. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, again, I, I mentioned several times my wife's name is Mary. And uh, in, in our case, uh, we, she, 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 got, she got in the car more, more accurately. We, we sort of got into her car. She had a 66 Mustang when we first started uh, <laughs> dating. And that's a really fast eight-cylinder car, boy. But that thing, that thing took off. But uh, no, I think I think in that version of the song, I mean, Bruce is he's being honest, perceptive, uh, you know. Um, he's uh, wants, you know, he's laying out a, a strong case uh, that's that shows courage and and you know, come with me and and we'll make something of this, you know realistically assessing the situation but promising hope of something something better so uh i would think that uh you know that girl would uh you know would definitely uh would definitely jump in the car and uh and take take a chance uh, you know I, I i sort of compare that to the that you know you know you ain't a beauty but hey you're all right to the song uh uh you know i want to be with you or he makes their comment uh, you ain't pretty at all uh, and I don't mm-hmm. think he'd even get in the car with that guy. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not that 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 would stay away from from that version of uh, of Bruce. But uh, no, I think definitely I I uh, that's my, that is I think for most Bruce Springsteen fans uh, favorite song. I mean I think uh, got to be if it's not your favorite Springsteen song, it's got to be uh, a top three at least. Well, we you know, yeah, it's, it's it's the it's the invitation I think as Bruce has sort of explained it um, to 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 us and. Uh, uh, you know, we've we've kind of accepted that invitation. I think I, I totally agree, Ed. One of the, I my friend Sam, uh, who I mention on the podcast often, um, is a little bit of a smart aleck, but he mentions when someone does their be the boss. Um, you know, he says, "Don't pick Thunder Road." Everyone, it's if we would all pick Thunder Road. That goes yeah. without saying. Save, yeah. <laughs> save a choice for a different song. <laughs> you know, and I, I know. It's hard, to, it's hard to leave that one behind if you want to be, you know. Yeah, exactly. Complete, you know. Exactly. Um, if someone wants to reach you, Ed, how can they? Uh, well, I'm on Twitter. You know, if you want to get me that way, it's just Ed Rakowski. Okay, and, uh, good. That's that's I'm out there. I mean, I, it's I'm not not just Springsteen stuff with me. It's a lot of you know, baseball and politics. So um, you know, but uh, feel feel free. I'm I'm out there. Oh, good. Uh, well, um, always. Um, I I I um, I think of a lot of us are uh, doing politics lately, um, and unfortunately, being a Texas Ranger fan. Baseball is not being very, very good to me. As uh, <laughs> well, I'm a Mets fan, New York Mets fan. So yes, uh, we've had our share of misery over the years too. Absolutely. But, uh, that's the thing about baseball is you know hope springs eternal in the spring. It and, it always uh, does. It's coming very soon, so I'm looking yeah. forward to some catchers pitchers and catchers. Days. Absolutely, very All right. good. All right, hang tight while I do a little business. Um, okay. If you want to be on the show and share your Springsteen story like Ed, you can reach us multiple times, You can, ways. You can uh, email me at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. Uh, I am on Twitter at jessejacksondfw. 
No, not the civil rights leader, but every once in a while, someone sends me a Twitter with a little bit of hate, thinking I'm um, Jesse. Uh, the show is on at Set Leslie Bruce on Twitter. Uh, we have a Facebook page, and uh, you can go there to like the episodes, uh, post comments, and if you could, go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and like, review us. Download us, subscribe. It is how we find new listeners. Um, Ed, thank you. This was wonderful. I, I really appreciate it. And I'm going to hold you to it. After you go to your field trip, um, reach out to me and we'll set up and we'll do a little uh, uh, kind of uh, – we'll have you share with the class. Okay. Thank you, Jesse, for the invitation. And this was very enjoyable for me as well. I appreciate it so much. Well, very good. All right. We're going to end with maybe you'll be out there on the road somewhere in some bus or train traveling along. In some motel room, there'll be a radio playing, and you'll hear me sing the song. And if you do, you know I'm thinking of you and all the miles in between. And I'm just calling you one last time, not to change your mind, but just to say I miss you, baby. Good luck. Goodbye. Bobby Jean. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. You just heard the fun-talking, hard-rocking, music-loving, album-ranking, fan-thinking, joy-spreading, lyric-reading, story-sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.